0: Welcome to another episode of Frankly Speaking. My name is Larry Frank. We're coming live to you from Bentonville, Arkansas. Beautiful Bentonville, Arkansas. Just about 20 miles north of the University of Arkansas. Want to welcome you all on this beautiful Monday. Hope everyone's doing well during these challenging times. And for the first time in a long time, we got some live sports that happened over the weekend to talk about with the NFL draft. And I thought the NFL did a terrific job putting on this virtual NFL draft. You know, going through these tough times, he didn't know what type of kinks. And I thought Roger Goodell and his staff, just an A-plus performance for them. And a lot happened over the weekend. You know, a lot of the teams upgraded, not a lot of poor grades. There was some surprises in the draft, which we will go over. And we'll also break down a couple of the, you know, our favorite teams here on Frankly Speaking. As always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, you can text us on our text line. It's 813-922-9810. Obviously, we won't be able to put it on this show because even though we do tape this show live, unfortunately, it's not processed to you later on in the day until later on in the day. Um, You also can reach us at FranklySpeakIn528 at gmail.com. We have other ways for you to follow us and listen to all these podcasts besides all the different platforms we're on and Anchor FM. You can also follow us on Twitter. If you have a Twitter account, please go to Twitter, follow us at Larry Frankis, that's with a U.S. at the end. We just started a new group on Facebook. We had our Facebook page called Frankly Speaking. We're now in the process of switching it over to the group, Frankly Speaking Sports. We're one of the fastest growing sports pages on Facebook right now. We keep you up to date on all the latest news in sports. And we really pride ourselves in trying to do it as fast as we can before anybody else Gets you that information. So a lot of ways to follow us. Also in that group. We will post our daily podcast. Which you can like. Listen to. Follow. And also share with your friends. we love you to participate. We had a poll. Our poll is now over. And it was uh, actually before the draft started. We wanted to know what our fans opinions were of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' success next year now that they got Tom Brady, now that they got Rob Gronkowski. And this was before the draft. And at the end of the draft, the final tally was, the question was, will the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, will they make the playoffs and lose? Will they make the Super Bowl? Or will they not even make the playoffs at all? According to our poll, 43% of you said the Buccaneers would make the playoffs, but they would lose sometime before the Super Bowl. That was 43% of you. 28.5% of you said that the Buccaneers will make the Super Bowl, and another 28.5% of you actually said they will not make the playoffs. So, Tom Brady still has his haters, obviously, out there across the nation. But it's been a very, very, very big weekend. We'll get into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a little minute, but I want to talk about some of the surprises um, in the draft before we break down any of the teams. Uh, you know, it was a three-day draft, seven rounds, and then of course, after the rounds, you have the right to sign any undrafted free agents. Uh, I thought If you break down the NFL draft from the beginning, I thought the first surprise was the Giants. Um, They took tackle Andrew Thomas uh, from Georgia, 6'5", 315 pound, who is a great pass blocker. But I'll tell you what, even though it was a surprise to me, it was probably one of the best picks. I had Andrew Thomas... Going in the top five in the draft. I didn't have him go into the Giants, but I did pick him to go. He is that great of a force on an offensive line and is probably by far the best in his class. Um, you know, obviously they got a young quarterback, the New York Giants, in Daniel Jones, who, who needed some protection. You can't expect Daniel Jones to be a success without having the opportunity to throw the ball and make decisions. So I thought that was a really, really good move by the New York Giants. Also, it's going to open up their running game even more. They got probably and arguably the best runner in, in the NFL in Saquon Bali. And now he's going to have a chance to prove himself even more with this big beast, Andrew Thomas, uh, you know, opening up these big gaps for him. Then in the second round, the New York Giants went out and they got safety Xavier McKinney, who I think is probably one of the biggest steals of the second round, who's going to help them immensely on defense. So I thought the New York Giants first. Then I was very surprised, and if you're an Arizona Cardinal fan, uh, you're going to probably be really happy that they were able to, they were in the Ace slot. And they were able to pick up uh, Isaiah Simmons. And I'll tell you about Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons um, had 104 tackles, 8 sacks, 3 interceptions, and and 16.5 tackles for losses. Um, And he won the Buckus Award. And here's a guy I I honestly had going in the top 5 as well. Um, But he didn't. He actually was available at number eight, and the Cardinals swooped him up. Um, so you gotta give them a lot of credit. And then they also added Josh Jones. So they basically got two of the best values right away in the draft when all is said and done. So a lot of credit to the Cardinals. Then I thought another surprise, and I got about five surprises here, was the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, The Cowboys, I didn't think C.D. Lamb would be available. C.D. Lamb is a great, great receiver. In 2018, he had 65 receptions for over 1,100 yards and 11 touchdowns. Now, in 2019, his senior year, he comes back uh, and gets 62 receptions for over 1,300 yards and 14 touchdowns. But I think the amazing stat about C.D. Lamb, if you're a Cowboys fan is that in both years, he averaged over 17 yards a catch. That's 1-7. So he's a big playmaker. And now the Cowboys, you know, everybody's talking about wide receiver, wide receiver. Well, they fixed that need. Look look at this offense. You got Dak Prescott. You got a Zeke Elliott. Now with C.D. Lamb, you add him to a group of wide receivers that include Amari Cooper, who just signed a big contract, and Michael Gallup. So as long as that offensive line holds up, I think that the Dallas Cowboys, you know, are going to be favored to win that division this year. I thought they should have won the division last year, and it all came down to coaching, but now you got Mike McCarthy... uh, I think they got a great chance to winning that division. Now, probably the biggest surprise to round one, and I wouldn't call it a pleasant surprise if you're a Green Bay Packer fan, uh, was the trading up to get Jordan Love. You know, I, I never understood that. You're drafting Aaron Rodgers' replacement instead of giving him a first-round wide receiver. That is just a bonehead move. I I just don't understand. Aaron Rodgers still has two to three years left on his contract with the Green Bay Packers. Why would you take a first-round pick who is going to sit for probably two to four years on the bench behind Rodgers? It doesn't make sense. It's a first-round. I can see if in the... Third round, you say, okay, we want to look at someone to potentially down the road replace Aaron Rodgers. But you're spending a number one pick. You're not giving him any weapons to be successful next year. Um, So that one, I didn't understand. Now, Jordan Love's statistics, in 2019, he was 293 of 473. For 61.9% completion. He did throw for 3,400 yards, 20 touchdowns, but he had 17 interceptions. 20 touchdowns, 17 interceptions, and he was sacked 20 times. This, to me, I'm sorry, I'm not going to spend all day, you know, on this pedestal trying to explain why the Green Bay Packers made this decision, but... If you ask me, by far one of the biggest blunders of the draft. No doubt about it in my mind. Um, Then I was very surprised that Jake Fromm, who ended up going to the Bills, and Jacob Eason, I believe he went to the Colts, they were picked later on. Later on. Um, I thought those two top quarterbacks would go somewhere in the second round. And they didn't go, like, some of them, I think, to the fourth round. So very, very surprised. Great for those teams. I think, uh, you know, Fromm's going to add some pressure on Josh Allen, uh, the quarterback in Buffalo. And obviously, Jacob Eason is probably going to be the quarterback of the future there. Because Phillip Rivers, now this made sense. You know, you don't know what to expect this year. So down the road, I could see um, Jacob Eason. And you see what they did? The Colts used a fourth round pick. Yes, a fourth round pick or third round pick to get Jacob Eason, whereas the Packers used their number one. I'm sorry, back on the Packers thing again. Just doesn't make sense. Then a lot of people, and we'll get into the Jets. We're going to break the Jets down after we come back off our break on the first segment. But I think with uh, the Jets in the fourth round, they took James Morgan. And people are wondering why they took James Morgan. They actually took him before Easton was taken. But they really like this kid, James Morgan. And I tell my Jets fans, and Jets fans, I'm not trying to upset you. I think you had a terrific draft. By the way, I think Joe Douglas gets an A+. And we're going to once again talk about that a little bit later in the show. But I don't think the New York Jets are sold on Sam Donald. I think this is a make-or-break year for Sam Donald. I haven't... He hasn't done really anything to impress me. I remember the first game he ever played, and everybody's going crazy. Yay, 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 this is going to be our guy in the future. And he just, you know, the Jets have had not, they haven't had luck of first-round quarterback draft picks. You know, Donald, it's a make-or-break year. Everybody remembers Geno Smith and Mark Sanchez. They just have not really had a standout quarterback probably since Joe Namath. And don't get me wrong, I remember the years of Richard Todd. I loved Richard Todd as a quarterback. I actually got a picture in my office of Richard Todd, a signed autograph of him. I loved him when he was with Wesley Walker and Jerome Barkham. Those were the days, Johnny Lamb Jones, you know, those were the days to be a uh, New York Jets fan. But I really think the Joe Douglas is not comfortable with Sam Donald. So a big, big year for them. So we're going to break down some teams in a little bit here and go over some of our local teams here. Uh, we'll go over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a little bit. We'll discuss the New York Jets. Also, um, we're going to discuss the New England Patriots a little bit because I'm not really sure what's going on with Bill Belichick and... Right now, they don't have a starting quarterback unless Stidham is the guy that he's going with. So when we come back from break, we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit about some different teams and break them down and what we should expect now with the draft over here. We'll be back right after this message. And don't forget our tip of the day from Dickie V.
1: Big, strong guys getting drafted. I mean, unbelievable what they look like. Well, you think that's by accident? That's by work. That's by making sure you're chasing your goal and your dreams to be prepared. So that applies to anywhere in life. If you want to be a success and you want to stand tall and be proud and get certainly something happening in a very positive way in your career, it all starts with work ethic. Without a work ethic, you think those guys would have been drafted where they are? You better believe it's been a lot of perspiration, a lot of sweat, and a lot of hours, dedication, discipline. You've got to have that in any walk of life to be a success. And I know you want to be a success. So it is up to you. Everybody think-
0: Welcome back to Friendly Speaking. Hopefully everybody's having a great Monday so far and you're enjoying our show. Want to remind you all that if you have any questions, thoughts, topics you want to discuss, you can go ahead and either, number one, use our new text line, 813-922-9810. Text us any questions, concerns, topics relating to sports that you would like to talk about, and we will get those questions and topics on our next episode of Frankly Speaking. Also, we have franklyspeaking528 at gmail.com. If you have a Twitter page, follow us. You can follow us on Twitter at Larry Frankis with a U.S. at the end. You can also go to our new and fastest growing Facebook group on, like I said, it's on Facebook. It's called Frankly Speaking Sports. We also have a Frankly Speaking page that a lot of you belong to now. We are transitioning over to the group so we can get a lot more things done for you and a lot more information to you quicker. So a lot of different ways to get in touch with us, a lot of ways to keep informed, and a lot of ways to listen to us as well. Also, if you want to do sponsorships or donations to keep us improving our technical output to you all, you can do that as well on this link. You know, before we went to break, I went ahead and I had uh, talked about a couple different surprises. And I don't want it to go unnoticed that the also that the great draft that the Jacksonville Jaguars had, I thought they also had a terrific uh, draft nabbing both C.J. Anderson and Clavana chasing right away and then coming back and getting this receiver for Minshew, uh, LaVisca Chenault. So there's so much potential in that group. And, you know, it's funny because before the draft, I kept saying, wow, you know, what? what the heck's going on in Jacksonville? You know, they're dismantling that entire team. Especially the defensive side of the ball. And everybody's gone. You know, from Bowie to Ramsey. They're talking about the defensive end leaving. You know, just a lot of people that are losing. And now they come back and they just nail a couple of great defenders. And a great weapon also. Out wide receiver in Chenault to help out Minshew. So... You know, I want to give them a lot of credit. Now, I think one of the big, big surprises in the draft to me, as far as we talked about the surprises, but from a team perspective, had to be the New England Patriots. Uh, You know, it it taught me a lot of things. You know, they needed a quarterback, and they needed wide receivers. The only receiver they really got in uh, New England right now, I believe, is Julian Edelman. Uh, I think they got a guy named Sano over there as well. But you got to remember, out of the four thousand yards that Tom Brady threw for the New England Patriots last year, eleven hundred of them went to his running backs. I don't think a lot of people realize that how much their running backs played a role in their passing game last year. But what Bill Belichick, you know, pretty much said is one of two things are going to happen. Now, for those of you listening, and I know you heard reports yesterday that Jameis Winston is trying to finalize a deal with the New Orleans Saints, I just want to let you know and make it clear to you that he has not. He has not done that yet. So as far as Winston going, he's still available. I still say, and you guys hear me say this on every show until he gets signed, I say Jameis Winston would be the best fit in New England. The problem in New England is they have no money. Here is a team that is getting worse and worse day by day, and yet they still have no money in the cap. I think they only have $1.2 million left in the salary cap. So in order for them to go out and get a quarterback, a veteran quarterback, they're going to have to let a couple of those safeties go um, who have big contracts. I know there's one guy in that uh, defensive back. I think McCordy's making about $14 million a year. They're going to have to do something there in order to free up. Because right now, this draft tells me that Bill Belichick, right now, unless he signs a veteran, he's planning on sticking with uh, Jared Stidman as their quarterback. Um that That's what it tells me. And it tells me for those fans that were so... And don't get me wrong. They they had a good defense last year. Um, the New England Patriots. But they're going to have to rely on that defense this year. Because right now, it seems like most of the picks that Belichick did was on the defensive side of the ball. And he's trying to say, you know, if we win in that AFC East... It's no longer going to be because we have potentially one of the strongest offenses in the league. It's going to be because we have one of the best defenses. And I believe they were ranked seventh in the league last year in offense, but gosh, I don't see that happening again this year. So Bill Belichick goes, and the first guy he gets is a safety called Kyle Duggers, or Kyle Dugger. He's out of a small school, I believe it's a Division II school, called Lenore Payne. Because they had to wait till the, the fifth pick of the second round because he traded his first pick. Now this guy is a playmaker, and one thing about this safety dugger is he does create turnovers. He picked off 11 passes, and he also returned six punts last year. So I think Belichick's thinking there was, I took care of two spots there, not only a safety, but also a kick returner as well. You know, it's been said that the Bucks, you know, and I don't watch that much. You know, I watch Tampa Bay. I concentrate a lot on their offense. But it's been said that last year, Belichick did have a habit of using three safeties at a time. Um, and remember, they still have Devin McCourty and Patrick Chung, both who are 33 years old. And that's why I said, don't be surprised if somebody here, and I'm not saying they will be, but could be released now that you got Duggar, so you can open up a spot to get a veteran uh, quarterback. I Part of me sees that happening. Then they go after this defensive end out of Michigan, who I'm telling you, Pat fans, is going to make a, you know, a big big impact on the defense right away. Um, this guy's name is Josh Uche. Um, he's out of Michigan, and you know how the Pats' defense is—they go after the pass at a very very high rate. So I wouldn't be surprised to see this guy. But once again, what is he? a defensive player okay and then in uh the third round they go after Anthony Jennings the offensive lion biker um out of Alabama um now New England does need a good run defender but I was a little bit surprised you know once again they need receivers and they need a quarterback and they go after defense I mean that's typical typical Bill Belichick at his best so As far as I'm concerned, the New England Patriots, if I'm a Patriots fan, I'm not sitting here real comfortable thinking that next year that we're going to have one of the best teams in the AFC East. Buffalo Bills, like I said, have gotten much better. The Jets have gotten much better with the draft. The, um... You know, the Miami Dolphins, they got Tua now. We'll see what happens with him. Uh, you know, the years of the dynasty of the New England Patriots could be coming to an end. Now, talking about the AFCs, let's just go ahead and finish up with the New York Jets. I'm going to tell you right now, Joe Douglas has done a tremendous job. If you, I mean, first year GM, first draft, a double plus. I mean, the first pick, now, you know, when they had the 11th pick, I'm going to be right up front with you. I wanted Jerry Judy. I did. I was thinking Jerry Judy all the way, and, you know, that didn't happen. I just thought we need a wide receiver. But when they picked Mekhi Becton with the 11th pick, what a great, great pick by Joe Douglas to protect Sam Donald. Here's a guy out of Louisville. He's 6'8", 360-pound tackle. He was the top-ranked lineman. And in three seasons, in three seasons of college football at Louisville, he only allowed five sacks. Okay? People do not get by this guy. And you're talking about Sam Donald and now Le'Veon Bell and, uh, you know, some of these other players over there, LaMichael P. Ryan, who they just got out of Florida, we'll talk in a minute. I'll tell you what, that definitely helps out. And then what Douglas goes, he says, okay, I got my offensive lineman. Now I need my receiver. All I have, what? I got Rashad Perryman. I got, uh, you know... Unwa is unpredictable. I don't know if they're going to release him or what because he gets hurt all the time. They got Crowder, and what do they do? They go out and get Denzel Mim with the 59th pick, the wide receiver out of Baylor. This guy has great speed, and I think Joe Douglas actually, if I remember right, you know, the draft, it's all coming together. I think he traded down like 11 spots to get him. This guy had 66 completions for 1020 yards and 12 touchdowns in 2019. So now he's got that. What does he do next? He gets Ashton Davis, the defensive back from California. Now, remember you do have in Jersey, I'm sorry, excuse me, in New York, I should say. I don't want to get beat up here. Uh the Jets do have two other safeties in May and Adams, but there's been so much talk about whether May's coming back, whether Adams' gonna be traded. This is a tough, fury, fast guy in Ashton Davis that has seven career interceptions. So another great pick. Then he stays on defense with Jabari Zuniga, the defensive end out of the University of Florida. Um, With the 79th pick, this guy had 18 and a half career sacks for the Gators and 34.5 tackles for loss. He was the second fastest defensive lineman at the combine. Then they get LaMichael Piron, another Gator, okay, running back out of Florida. This guy's physical. I watched this guy. For years, when um, I used to go to the Swamp and watch Florida Gator games all the time. But the one great thing this guy can do um, is he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He had 40 receptions and five touchdowns. Um, so just a great, great, great pick again. Then a pick comes up for the Jets as we round up the New York Jets. In, uh James Morgan, the quarterback out of... Uh, Out of FIU, Florida International. Uh, This guy has thrown 65 touchdowns and 34 interceptions in his career at FIU. Uh, He's supposedly a terrific, uh, you know, great arm, good mobility. And once again, what that tells me, Jet fans, is that the uh, New York Jets are not comfortable right now. There is still some concern about Sam Arnold being the quarterback this year. I honestly think that Sam Arnold is in a make it or break year with the the New York Jets. I think after this year, they're going to evaluate him and see if they can get anything for him if he does not perform this year. So that's my prediction on this. We're going to break down a couple more teams when we come back. When we come back from break, we're going to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the team that is supposedly supposed to go and win the Super Bowl. They can actually, if they go to the Super Bowl next year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would be the first team to host the Super Bowl in their home city. And, The odds are very, very good right now um, that they can do that. So we're going to go to break, and when we come back from break, we'll talk about some Tampa Bay Buccaneer football. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to another segment of Frankly Speaking. Hope you enjoyed the first two segments today. We're about to go into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Big, big following on this podcast of Tampa Bay Buccaneer fans. We actually have good followings of 49er fans, Chiefs fan, which is a local team here in Bentonville, Arkansas, um, we also get a lot of New York Jet fans here as well, and New England Patriot fans. So we get a pretty good mixture of followings, but I think probably the biggest talk of the off season has been the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I think one of the first things, you know, I was in Tampa Bay last year when the season ended, and everybody was calling, cutting off the head of Jason Light. Basically, this guy needs to go. He's the worst GM in football. And now if you ask the Tampa Bay fans, they consider him one of the best GMs. It's amazing in this industry how you can go from being disliked to like or like to dislike so quickly. And that's what's happening. You know, Jason Light did not hurt his ability to be liked and respected. When the NFL draft came to a conclusion as he went into the NFL draft saying, I need to protect number 12. That's what, that's what Jason Light did. And for those of you that are listening today that follow my Facebook group called Frankly Speaking Sports, we did a recap yesterday on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their offseason acquisitions and their draft over the last three days. So if you have not heard that, go back, listen to it. Had a lot of views on that. A lot of people complimenting a lot of the things that was said on that. And we had some people asking questions. And, you know, obviously one of the biggest questions was about uh, surrounding Tom Brady. And that's what Light took care of and Bruce Aarons. They got Tristan Wirfs with the 13th pick. They got a great pass blocker um, who that's what they really needed because those of you Tom Brady fans, I've heard me say before that Tom Brady has only completed 32% of the passes when he's under pressure. So the key to Tom Brady's success is going to be getting enough time in the pocket to throw the ball. He's not the most mobile quarterback. So if that pocket closes up on him too quickly, he's not going to be successful. And I also mentioned in a recap of what we talked about on the show yesterday is that Tom Brady, okay, and I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings here, but on this show, I'm right up front with you, and I'm honest, he was not brought to Tampa Bay For statistics, he was brought to eliminate mistakes and for his football IQ. Simply the fact. Now, don't get me wrong. Tom Brady, if you ask me, I consider him arguably one of the best quarterbacks of all time. There's no doubt about that. No one's saying that. But Tom Brady, you know... You know, at first I'm thinking Tom Brady's not gonna throw for a lot of yards. He does have a lot of weapons. The only thing with Tom Brady is he averages about six point six yards a carry, I'm sorry, per catch. So when his receivers catch the ball, they only average about six point six yards. Where under Winston, the Buccaneers average seven point six yards. I'm not saying that Jameis Winston was a better quarterback. Now, Jameis Winston threw nine more touchdown passes last year than Tom Brady, okay? And he also threw 1,100 yards more with 5,100 yards. Now, Tom Brady still had a terrific season. Tom Brady did not have as many weapons. All he had last year was Sano and, uh, and Edelman, and he passed for 1,100 yards to his running backs. And remember you know, now the Buccaneers will go over a minute strengthen that area. I just want to make it clear. I'm not saying Jameis Winston is a better quarterback than Tom Brady, but if you want statistics, the only thing that really separates Tom Brady from Jameis Winston from being this year is the amount of turnovers where he threw 30 interceptions, Winston, and Brady only threw eight. So I just want to make it clear. Brady wasn't brought in because statistics. He was brought in because his football IQ. So let's just make sure we all understand that. You know, the Bucs last year had the 29th ranked defense in the league. Their defense was not great unless it was versus the run. They were one of the best teams in Russian defense. Um, they only allowed 68 yards a game rushing. Where they got killed was in the middle where quarterbacks can come in and pick that secondary apart. And when you look at these moves, after they got Tristan Wirth, they went ahead and got An- Antoine Winfield, a safety, who was by far Big Ten's best defensive back. Best defensive back of the year. He was a unanimous first-team All-American. He's versatile. He's a ball hawk. I mean, he, he attacks the football. That's Bruce Arians-type football. And I think this guy's going to fit in right away back there in that defensive backfield because that's their big area of need. I was real happy. At first, when they did this third-round pick, the 76 pick in the draft, I'm like, what are you doing? Keyshawn Vaughn of Vanderbilt. First of all, Keyshawn Vaughn was the only draft pick that was taken out of Vanderbilt. Okay, that's SEC football. Now, I'm going to tell you something about Keyshawn Vaughn. I did get an opportunity to watch him in the SEC when he played Florida. This guy is good. Now, one thing you got to remember, anytime somebody rushes for over a 1,000 yards in the SEC... They're a good running back, and this guy did it two years in a row at Vanderbilt, but I think the reason he was brought in, this guy can catch the ball out of the backfield. I I don't want you guys to be confused. Ronald Jones is going to be their number one running back, and I'm telling you right now, Ronald Jones is going to rush for over a 1,000 yards next year. There is no question in my mind, with now Werfs being on the offensive line and another productive back who can give him a breather, you're going to definitely see this. Since 2017, Brady has completed, well, let's just go last year. Tom Brady completed 130 passes to his running back, accounted for 1,134 yards and six touchdowns. Put, put that in perspective for you Tampa Bay Buccaneer fans. That's 46 more catches and 411 yards and five more touchdowns than Tampa Bay's running backs stable produced in the passing game last year. Okay? So, unbelievable. He had 20... This guy, Keyshawn Vaughn, had 28, 29 receptions for 286 yards out of the backfield and a touchdown. He's going to be used I primarily see in third down situations, and uh, maybe he'll be used also on the goal line, but I think he'll also be used just to give Rondé Barber... Most teams have a good, you know, two two running backs, and I think... I think you'll be impressed with Keyshawn Vaughn, but I still will say this. In my opinion, I I don't know if I'll say the best, but just as good as any of the other draft picks they made came with their fourth pick at 161st pick was wide receiver Tyler Johnson. They solidified that wide receiver position. Now you got Godwin. Now you got Evans. Now you had a guy like Tyler Johnson... Um. He's not necessarily an explosive back. I think the one knock on Tyler Johnson is he does have a habit of dropping some easy passes. But what Tyler Johnson is known for is red zone receiving. Listen to these statistics. He led all Power 5 schools in red zone catches. He had 300 in red zone receiving yards. He led in that area. And he led in red zone touchdowns with 23. So... And, you know, they went on to get some more. They got Khalil Davis, a defensive tackle also. Um, who Davis is not really considered a great pass rusher. They filled out their draft picks, but I thought overall the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had an A plus draft. So I was really, really pleased. If you're a Tampa Bay Buck fan, you know, you got one heck of a team. It's not gonna come whether you need if you need to score 30, 40 points, that's not gonna be an issue for you. It's going to come down to that defense. Uh, you know, they linebacker, they yes, they got Barrett, they got uh, P, what they got Pierre Paul, they got Sue on the line. I said this yesterday in my recap. I think they need a little depth at nose tackle, as Vita Vea is the only position nose tackle on that team. Not that other people can't move over and play it, but the only natural nose tackle on that team is Vita Vea. So I think they need to at least get a little depth there. Um, you know, I'm not sold on the cornerbacks. I thought Jamel Dean, I thought Bunting really came on towards the second half of the year, but now they got to put together a whole year. I mean, like I said in my recap yesterday on my show— You can't expect Tom Brady to be that miracle worker that takes your team 80 yards or 75 yards on every set of downs. And you need to solidify that kicking game with somebody you can trust to make field goals. You know, don't get me wrong, Matt Gay is a great field goal kicker, but last year the Giants had an easy chip shot to win it, didn't make it. The last game of the season, I believe he missed two or three uh, field goals, and he missed an extra point before Winston threw that pick six to put the game away, and Atlanta won. But um, that's going to be the big thing for you. I think anything short of this team uh, going to the Super Bowl would be considered a failure. That's my opinion on the Tampa Bay Bucks. As we move along, I want to conclude with the Kansas City Chiefs, and I'm going to tell you, the Kansas City Chiefs, the rich got richer. Here's a team that won the Super Bowl. They really didn't need much, and they go out and get Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the running back out of LSU. Okay, so now, people, you want to know how huge this is if you're a Kansas City Chief fan? Okay, you didn't have a running back last year that received for over 500 yards. Okay. You, had, you don't know if LaShawn McCoy is coming back. He isn't expected to come in back. Um, this guy, Edwards Hilaire, had 215 attempts for 1,400 yards rushing, 16 touchdowns, and um, average 6.6 yards per catch. Um, he also had 55 receptions for 453 yards and a touchdown. Pat Mahomes has got to be smiling. That smile's got to be big, as big from Kansas City to Arkansas right now with this pickup. And to for this guy not to go to the last pick of the first round, the 32nd pick was amazing. And they took full advantage of it. And then they came back. I thought I was kind of impressed. They got the Mississippi State uh Inside linebacker in the second round with Willie Gay Jr. This guy has size, length, speed. He's great at shooting and closing the gaps. The only problem with this guy is he got in some trouble last year where at Mississippi State where he was suspended for eight games due to having a two-to-cheat on papers uh, for him. So he got in a little trouble. So you know, you have to, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Kids are all going to make mistakes. I'm not condoning or, you know, saying, sticking up for the guy, but, you know, we all made mistakes when we're 18 through 21 and we're at college. So, you know, you gotta look at the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, you know, being favored to win it again. Uh, I still think, uh, they did pick up a safety and a defensive end later on in the draft, and I thought that was real big, real, real big. So when we come back, we're going to tell you who was the most active team during the weekend in pro football. So we'll be back right after these messages. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking. You know, we were just finishing up on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs in that last segment. And we had the pleasure of, you know, no one is a bigger Tampa Bay fan than Dick Vitale. Anybody that knows, we play a lot of Dick Vitale on this show. And, you know, one of the things about Dickie V is he's so passionate So inspiring, everything he takes. And he had to talk about, you know, it wouldn't be Dickie V. He sent me about a three-minute-long tape on what he thinks now about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tampa sports in general.
1: Hey, sports fans, I don't know about you, but I know in our area here where I live in the Tampa area, down. I obviously living about a little ways from the area. I live in Sarasota Lakewood Ranch area down in Bradenton area. But the bottom line is, man, if we had sports, what we would have to cheer about. Think about it. If you live in this area and you're a big sports fan, and I am of all the local teams, we take a look, for example, what the Bucks have done. Bucs have done a great job getting certainly Brady, Gronkowski, and then they've done a super job with the draft. I mean, getting Tristan Wirfs has really been a big, big plus for them. Getting this big offensive lineman who's getting great reviews, everybody you talked to said he's a can't-miss guy who's going to be a star in the NFL as an offensive lineman. <laughs> also getting a little help for the defensive secondary. Getting a real tough, hard-nosed competitor, according to all the experts, people that watched him play in Big Ten action, where he was the defensive player of the year in terms of defense. The defensive back was unreal. And Antoine Winfield Jr., his dad played like 13 years in the NFL. A... In fact, intercepted a pass from Tom Brady. And here's the kid now going to play with Tom Brady. Shows you how time flies, man. It flies. And then he's got obviously some good stock right there. So... We're hoping that he can make a contribution right away because they need help there in that defensive secondary. Then they got a back that everybody seems to like. Said he was really underrated to give Vaughn uh, from down to Vanderbilt. They said that he has a chance to be really an explosive back uh, with a good combination with him and Ronnie Jones to get some balance to their offensive set. So, again, uh, they got a lot to look forward to if the season could take off and be played this year and looking at the Bucks with a great chance and opportunity to have a great, great year. Then you think about the Rays and the Rays really a team that returned many of their stars from last year, won 96 games, had injuries to their pitching staff, Snell and also Glass now, now healthy all guys are ready to go bottom line with Morton there as well they got a nice rotation, and then you added some bats, guy Renfro they said hit with power, hit like a 30 homers down there with the, uh, with the Padres, and then you also got uh, uh, Martinez out of the Cardinals who's been a real solid and major league player, so again that it looks like real optimism certainly when you think about the, the Rays. And then the Lightning. John Lightning and them disappointment last year. Had a great regular season. Didn't get anything done in the playoffs. But a lot of people felt that this is the year they can really go out there and prove. Maybe pull a Virginia. When Virginia was disappointed, certainly getting knocked out in the first round of the tournament two years ago and then came back and won the national championship. Well, maybe the John Cooper and company can follow that same pattern and do the same as Tony Bennett. Bounce back from the disaster last year in the playoffs and come back and win the Stanley Cup. Well, that's what we're looking forward to here. I mean, it really sounds exciting. Also, some news that Jameis Winston most likely will sign with the New Orleans Saints and be a backup to Drew Brees. I think that'd be a great move for the Saints. I really do. I think this kid's been maligned enough. He's only 26 years old. Everybody talks about all his bad decisions and he's made some bad ones. Certainly, throwing 30 interceptions is not what you would like from your quarterback, but I think that's going to be changed. I really do. He's 26 years of age, and you got to look at the positives and show that he has talent and ability. He also threw for 33 touchdowns, and he really uh, threw for 5,000 plus yards, which led to the NFL. So he's got the talent. He's young enough. He's going to put his mind to it, focus, and maybe get some to- tutoring down there from Breeze, and I think that he'd be a hell of a... He's going to be eventually a hell of a quarterback. I really believe that. Anyway, I just wanted to share all with you take care
0: all righty uh buddy dick vital i want to thank him very much for that so if you're in tampa bay you're you're excited now we talked about before we went to break who was the most active team in the nfl over the weekend and i think without a doubt it was the san francisco 49ers i mean besides the draft and what they have going on the draft First of all, I want to say I think John Lynch, since been, you know, he's done an amazing job. What an amazing job he's done in San Francisco, turning that ball club around into a championship caliber team. Went all the way to the Super Bowl last year, lost to the Chiefs. Yesterday, what happens? Okay, Joe Staley, after 13 years, ends up retiring. So, what do they do? They call the Washington Redskins up, and they acquire offensive tackle Trent Williams. What a great pickup. Okay, so that takes K.A.F. Staley. Then they end up saying, hey, we got so much with Mozart and Breida in the backfield. We, we, one of them's expandable. They went ahead, and I think they traded the correct one. Matt Breida was traded. So a lot of movement besides the draft picks. And, you know, when you look at the draft pick, they started with uh, the 14th pick. They had Javon Kinlaw. They added the defensive tackle. Uh, he's excellent size, long arm, and he gets off blocks real quick. And I think that was one of the things they were looking for, obviously, the 49ers. I mean, they had one of the top pass defenses um, in the leagues last year. And I think they were eighth-ranked scoring defense. Um so I think against the run, they wanted to help out there and also make sure Garoppolo could be protected. And I'm going to tell you something. You know, I still don't understand why there are people in the San Francisco area and even nationally that still think they need a quarterback in San Francisco. You have a Super Bowl Quarterback in Joey Garoppolo. That guy doesn't lose and he still doesn't get the credit he deserves. Stop it already. You got your quarterback. You do not need a quarterback. Then they did get him a weapon, but, um, when they got, uh, Brandon Iyer, the wide receiver, this guy has above average speed. He has a great route runner and he's, he, one of the things I remember about him is he's at, He's able to separate on man-to-man coverage like nobody i ever seen in college football. And he also has the ability to return kicks, which, once again, another talented player being able to return kicks in the NFL. So I think the 49ers definitely get the vote for the, one of the most active teams. You know, I really hope. And I really think we will play football this year. I think we're going to hear a lot more this upcoming week. Um, If you follow our Frankly Speaking Sports group, you'll hear that the uh, NHL is planning on starting back up in June, at least with uh, getting camps back and uh, starting the regular season games by July so they can finish up the Stanley Cup playoffs. So we'll see if that goes into tuition and actually happens want to remind you if you have any topics that you want us to talk about you can text us on our phone line at 813-922-9810 and we will talk about it next time on our show you can also write on this podcast at the end it has a leave message you can leave a voice message And we will play your voice message on our next show and answer your question as well. We do have our email address, frankly speaking, 528 at gmail.com. If you have a Twitter account, follow us on Twitter. We update things on Twitter. We get information on Twitter. And our podcasts are posted daily on Twitter. So get involved on Twitter for us. We'd love to hear from you. Also, our group page, Frankly Speaking Sports. Please add the word sports. We are transitioning from our Frankly Speaking page to our Frankly Speaking Sports group. We try to update you with as much necessary uh, information in the world of sports. And we try to do it as fast as we can so you can get that. So, lots of different ways to follow us. Tomorrow, we will be back again um, with whatever topics we decide to choose from tomorrow as today was NFL Monday as it always is on Monday. And I hope you enjoyed us talking about the draft. And we will see you all tomorrow on the next episode of Frankly Speaking Sports. Have a great day.